Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Lance's House of Sports. Don't forget to rate the podcast, share it with a friend, and tune in weekly for weekly podcasts. And we're live, ladies and gentlemen. We are back for, I know I say special every week, but for a truly special episode of Lance's House of Sports. First off, it is officially the one-year anniversary from when we first got this show started. It's our birthday. (laughs) That's a perfect way to say it. And we got not one, but two guests on the show with me this evening. I got my boy Matt to my right, joining me for the second straight week. And then we got a man from the bench press himself, an OU resident right now, Cameron Robertson, and it's Duke Hoodie. Thanks for joining yep. the show, brother. It was Thanks nice for to do having this. me. Excited about it. Oh, yeah. Because with another type of week we just had in football, college football, NFL football, we can't all do anything except drop our jaws in a lot of things yeah. that happened in sports this week. But the first thing that we got to talk about, and I think it's the most major news, is you know the Monday night football game between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns. And it was in the second quarter when Nick Chubb, I don't even know how to describe it, but his knee is... Legs aren't supposed to go that way. That's the, that's the only way to describe it. It went in the opposite direction of the way in which our legs bend. Yeah, they basically turned his leg into one of those adjustable stands for <laughs> anything that has like the joints that pop when you bend them to set them in the place. It looks so nasty. And I mean, first of all, I know we all feel bad for Nick Chubb. This isn't just a season ender. Everyone right now is questioning his career right now. And Nick Chubb was arguably one of the best running backs in football, if not the best running back in football. And so I just got to get your guys' take on on just what it means for this Cleveland Browns team. As for those who watched the game, it was the Pittsburgh Steelers who ended up coming out on top. And it wasn't because of their offense. It was their defense with two big plays, which ended up costing the Browns a game. I'm calling it now. That's the understatement of the entire episode. But anyways, that's another story. (laughs) Um, Here's my thing. First and foremost, uh, I think Cam mentioned it before we started live. Nick Chubb, one of, if not the most respected, at least player, if not affiliate of the NFL. You know, the man has never gotten mad. He's done everything right. You know, you just, you really, really, really feel bad for him. So I don't think it only hurts the Browns organization. I don't think it only hurts the chances of Deshaun being successful. I think it really puts a damper on the whole NFL, you know? Um, it, it's a it's a really sad story, and a lot of people respected Nick Chubb. So, you know, you got you to gotta really feel for him, but you got to feel for the fact that it's going to affect everyone. The Browns are going to have an uphill battle now. That was their number one weapon. he take a lot of eyes from the front seven. Even in the back, you know, the DBs always got to know where Nick Chubb is. And now they don't have to worry about that now. And now we're kind of past that point, And this is where I kind of want to ask you, Crab, like, where do the Browns go from here? We just saw a move get made this morning that they signed Kareem Hunt. Yeah. They bring, were looking at that for a couple of days. Yeah, go ahead. Continue. Bring Kareem Hunt back. But <laughs> I just I think the Browns are cooked, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, Deshaun Watson's played, what, eight, nine games now? Uh, as a Brown, and he just has not looked very good. Like he, he needs to get back to that Houston era of Deshaun, and he just can't do it. Yeah, uh, I don't know if it's lack of weapons. I mean, the Browns, Elijah Moore is your wide receiver too, is never what you want. 
Uh, like Matt said, Nick Chubb just takes so many eyes from the front seven. You got to stack the box sometimes because, you know, even with a stacked front, he can get four, five, six. He could get those chunk yards. I'm preaching. Uh, they've gone all in for these next one or two years, and it's seemingly all blown up in their face in classic Browns fashion. <laughs> uh, but in a division where you got the Ravens, you got the Bengals, and, I mean, even the Steelers we saw on Monday night, it's just going to be hard for them to win. And, you know, Jerome Ford looked pretty good in spell of Nick Chubb. Cream Hunt is Cream Hunt. We know what he brings. They'll be fine in the backfield. I just don't know if they have what it takes uh, without being able to rely on Chubb. Yeah, I think I you described that perfectly. He really, and really did. It's not, it's not any knock at the Browns organization at this point. They, I think they've done a good job in the last year and doing all they can to make this team competitive. I feel like they finally implemented long-term planning. Yeah, they <laughs> made feel like All the years yeah. before, they just found the biggest name in the draft and they would draft that person with no rhyme or reason or anything to move forward. And I can't remember the last time they had a head coach that everyone was like, okay, this guy can lead them. And I, mean, I, I seen a crazy stat, uh, I think it was last week, that the Browns organization has went through more leadership roles in the office and more quarterbacks, <laughs> receivers, and defensive ends than anyone in the league in the last 20 years. <laughs> they crazy. they own the title for all of those categories. That spells Cleveland right there. Exactly. Just, yeah. And the Browns are in a weird spot now because I feel like a lot of people assumed, like, with them going all in, Stefanski's almost coaching for his job in a sense of, like, if they did go 5-12, and 12, you're like, okay, well, maybe they need to change a head coach. But now you're in that weird spot where it's like, if you do go 5-12, and 6-11, and 11, do you yeah. keep you him on? on? How can, yeah, you lose Nick Chubb. Underrated loss, you lose Jack Conklin in week one uh, it, to anchor your line. You're already t- taking injuries. Deshaun's not up to that standard that you were hoping he's at. I mean, yeah. you can't necessarily pin that on him. And at the end of the day, going right back to it, the first big question that the Browns are going to have to answer all season, it's Deshaun Watson. And when are you going to step up to that level that we've seen you play time and time again before all that off-the-field issues? But – is it maybe time just for the Browns to finally change up their offense and go to pass first and line up in shotgun way more times than they used to? Because you don't have a Nick Chubb power in your backfield anymore. Yes, I agree. I think Jerome Ford's a good back. I think he's going to stay their starter if unless anything crazy happens. But you got to let Deshaun go through his trauma. To, I'm, to I'm find his glad you asked that question because I wanted to get that point in there before we change topic. Here's the thing about Deshaun. They went out and got him because of the video and the film that they studied and felt like they can move forward with when he was in Houston. But let's not color a spade a heart and pretend like he's the next thing, you know, that's going to change the league. He's good in some areas, but then some areas he's not. And I feel like he's a quarterback and a leader that you need to adapt your team and your pieces around him to fit the things he's good at, especially with Chubb out now. Got to be more mobile. You got to put, you got to put the threat on the defense to be forcing the defense to, you know, take more spy plays, keep one someone devoted from him scrambling out of the pocket. I don't think they're done for. Do I think they are probably done for for at least this year? Yeah, I would say so. But then again, you never know. But I mean, just to end it off with the Browns, I mean, they got home against Tennessee and Baltimore the next couple of weeks who, I mean, yeah, I'm not a big fan of Tennessee, but they've looked better than I was expecting Frisky. in these <laughs> And then uh, after the bye week, he got San Francisco. So, I mean, then, it'll be interesting these next couple of weeks. But I want to I wanna bring up some other big injuries that happened around the NFL because 
it wasn't just Nick Chubb. I mean, just to bring it up, um, a couple defensive guys, like one for the Lions, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, that is a huge loss for the Detroit Lions defense. A torn peck. At first, it was thinking that he may be out for the season, but now they're saying possibly he could be back around yeah. playoff time. I'm not too sure, but it'll, he had that injury, and then Eagles secondary um, defenseman Avante Maddox suffered the same exact thing. And it seems like just both teams' defenses are just getting banged up like crazy. Because James Houston for the Lions, I got it right here, fractured ankle, out six to eight weeks. That's another big piece for the Lions. And so I kind of want to start with the Lions right now. I mean, we've seen what they've done the first couple of weeks in the season. One and one on the year, it's not bad. Looking at their plus minus, minus five. But spiraling away pretty early, didn't even mention Dave Montgomery, a key running back for them on offense. Yeah. What do you see from them early? Because I mean, I'm a big Campbell guy, and I'm curious. You, you hit it. I mean, the, the injuries are not great. You didn't even mention them on Ross St. Brown dealing with potentially turf toe. I was letting toe. you bring that up. Yeah, team, I'm not too happy about that one. But, uh, I mean, it's the Lions. It's Dan Campbell. The whole thing is grit, right? That's their whole thing, grit. We're going to bite the kneecaps on the way down, and we're going to take <laughs> you down with us. Uh, that Seattle game, they really should have won. Uh, I thought I thought they just let it get away from them a little bit in the second half. A couple calls didn't go their way, stacked against them. Uh, but if you can go into Arrowhead Stadium and beat the Chiefs, uh, I'm going to respect you as a team, as a coaching staff. And they're in a division where what's their competition, really? I mean, the Vikings are who they are, and the Packers look better than people expected. But really, it's the Lions' division to lose. So if they can keep their health at a relative level, it's the NFL. Everyone's going to have injuries. But if they can stay you know, treading water when it turns to injuries, uh, I think they'll be fine, win the division, make the playoffs. And you never know. It's a new era of Detroit football. Yeah, you know, I second that. Um, everyone wants to focus on week one and how the Chiefs didn't have Kelsey, the Chiefs didn't have Jones. Well, let's give credit to who they did have. They had the best quarterback, arguably, that's playing football right now. And they also have one of, if not the best coach in the last 10 years. So let's not take that much away from the Lions. They're playing like one. They're thinking like one. They're believing like one. But, man, these these injuries are not playing into their favor. I actually think, not that we would ever want anyone to get injured, but I think the Montgomery injury might have a silver lining because Gibbs gets to shine a little bit more now. Yeah. I think some of the plays and some of the the acrobatic dips and ducks that he had so far just on the field for the two games that he's had seems really promising. Not that Montgomery can't get it done, but I just feel Gibbs would be, you know, much more of an A-line running back in that slot. Amon St. Brown, I mean, dude is the next Tyreek Hill if you ask me. I was in awe the first time I watched that. No one's ever going to be Tyreek Hill. Well, I said the next Tyreek Hill. No one will ever be Tyreek Hill. He's pretty good. I agree. That's like saying, that's like my roommate saying Jordan loves the next Pat Mahomes. Who said that? Good Lord. You know who said that. Yeah. That's not what we want, unfortunately. And that's kind of interesting because it was going to bring me to exactly what I was going to say. You know, I, I see what you guys are saying about the Lions, and I agree that the NFC North is not. What I was expecting, to say the least, because just last week we were talking about the Green Bay Packers. Like, maybe this team is a lot better than we thought. Um, Aaron Jones looked fantastic. Jordan Love played a good game. And then even with a bunch of guys out before Aaron Jones got hurt, Jordan Love was succeeding in my eyes. But then week two is a completely different show. I mean, 
They lost the uh, they lost to the Falcons on a it was a last second field goal if I'm not mistaken. Yep, game lost by field. one. When I was watching the entire game, it almost seemed like the Falcons' offense outside of Bijan Robinson couldn't do anything, and Desmond Ritter as a thrower was so unsuccessful. He had a couple nice plays, but as a game overall, it was not. He needs to be better, and they lost. So maybe they're not just that at that point yet. Vikings, they're sitting at zero and two here on my list. I mean, who knows what's going on with the Vikings? Big news that I feel like I got to bring it up, talking about the NFC North. Cam Akers, running back who was deactivated from the lineup in week two from the Rams, is getting shipped over to Minnesota to pair with Alexander Madison in the backfield. And yep. it was for swapping picks in what round, Crop? In 2026. In tw- so it doesn't was, move me what, in the what slightest. What did you call it before we got I on? said mid-off. That doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't move me in the slightest. I mean, that just Cam said- Akers is – there's a reason the Rams have – Deactivated him, activated him, said they're going <laughs> to trade him, said they're going to cut him, deactivated him, activated him again. He gets 30 yards, deactivated him. He's, you know what you're getting out of him at this point. And it's consistency. And I, I don't think, I agree. I don't know how much it really helps the running back dynamic part of their offense. But Kirk Cousins has been slinging the football these first two weeks. I don't know where he's ranked at in par- passing yards, um, but I know he's up there. I know for sure he's yeah, top five. Yeah, the man is a and chef he, when it comes he to He is not the problem. Yards. He's second in the yeah. league in passing yards, six touchdowns, only one interception. Fault. How is this team 0-2? I know their defense is bad, but well, I, mean, I, I think this team is still a team that can compete to win the division. Like when you when you look at rosters – First of all, I mean, the only argument I need is that they have the best receiver in football in Justin Jefferson. Yeah. With Kirk Cousins throwing on the ball, they'll always have a chance. No, I mean, as a roster, they're constructed pretty well. I mean, we saw it last year. That's why they were good last year is because they have that talent. But in the same vein, what were they last year? 11-1 and one in one-score games, and their one loss was in the playoffs? Yeah. I mean, that's the type of luck that's going to start running out eventually, and I think that's what we're seeing here to start this season is, you know, they lose a one-score game to the Bucks. They lose a one-score game to the Eagles. It's, you know, water's finding its level a little bit there. Things are leveling out a bit because the defense is not where it needs to be. The offense is really good, even with the lack of a running game. You said it, Justin Jefferson, they added Jordan Addison. Yeah. Kirk Cousins is way better than I think people give Mention him credit for. Mention my guy, for. too. I didn't bring him up. Who? TJ Hawkinson. Come on now. TJ Hawkinson. Come on now, baby. I, they overpaid him a little <laughs> bit. They, they overpaid they him a little him. bit, but he's been big for them too. Uh, and then even like, you know, ancillary guys like KJ Osborne have been big for what their offense is. Uh, but that defense is going to need to shape up quickly or they could be in trouble because they're not going to be able to win 11 one score games every year. Uh, we're seeing it three early. of the next five games home against the chargers home against the chiefs home against the niners yeah. granted they're all at home but those are some tough teams and the chargers schedule chargers are another team that's owen two and they're looking to right the right the ship as soon as possible yeah. well i think um not to veer off from your original question i just wanted to say about the chargers real quick what's on your mind i think they're pro- probably actually no the hell with probably they are the best owen two team in football now going back to the original question I'm basically just going to regurgitate what Cam said. I mean, I think it was last week we were talking about Minnesota, and I brought up that same point. Yeah, they had a shiny record last year, but let's not you know veer away from the fact that their plus-minus was probably abysmal comparing to that record. They had a minus plus-minus last year, if I'm not mistaken. My point exactly. So, I mean, there is a little bit of luck in sports. And, yeah, they had some good pieces last year that they can rely on. But their strength of schedule, if I remember correctly, was about mid-grade rank in the NFL. I kind of want—I kind of want to start talking about you know these teams that 
We don't really know what's going to happen with them in the NFC, but there's one thing we know for sure in the NFC, and that's who the three best teams in the conference are. And that's without a doubt. We talk about that every week, and it's something we're going to continue to talk about until these teams fall off. And, yes, I'm talking about the Philadelphia Eagles, the defending conference champs. I'm talking about your Dallas Cowboys crop. Yep. Their defense looks fantastic. And I'm talking about – the new, the new addition, um, he's been playing with, playing with him for a little bit since last year, but Christian McCaffrey and the 49ers, I mean, those three teams are arguably the three best teams in football when you talk about it. But outside of those three teams, let's move past the fact. Two of those teams are in the same division. So there's going to be spots that are going to be available in this NFC. And yes, it's still super early on, but who are some of these teams that we need to keep an eye on? Be like, yes, these guys are sleeper teams, and these guys have a chance to potentially win a wild card game. I'll well, go as far as that. First things first, uh, there's two teams in the same division, which means there's basically almost guaranteed already one wild card spot gone. I mean, that's just more than likely a fact. Unless there is some serious injury or, or you know, some sort of accusation or scandal or something, both of those teams are definitely going to the playoffs. The other teams that we have to watch out for, I mean, if Atlanta can keep it going and really get Ritter going. I'm not with that. They can be they can be scary. Um, I'm not saying that they are going to make it. I'm just saying they're worth keeping an eye on. If Jordan Love continues to exhibit what he did week one, I think that's a possible. And how about the Seahawks looking the exact opposite than they did last week? Yeah. The exact opposite. If they can play that, that brand of football every week, I think they easily make it in. That's that's probably my my pick if I had to pick one. What do you think, Carl? Yeah, for me, a team that really stuck out through the first two weeks is the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, they're sitting at one and one. They have a plus ten point differential. Uh, they beat the crap out of the Seahawks, like you guys just alluded to in week one, and then they hung with the 49ers for the entire game in week two. Uh, that offense has the most ragtag collection of players that I've ever seen in my entire life. Puka Nakua, his, sticker, uh, his fantasy sticker is on my wall right now. But <laughs> Matt Stafford's doing what Matt Stafford does best, and that is bringing the talent level of a team up purely with him in the backfield. Puka Nakua, Tutu Atwell, and Kyron Williams are your trio of skill position players on that team, and they look good. Yeah. The Rams' defense was always what it was going to be. It was always solid. It was solid last year. But the reason the Rams were so bad was they were starting Bryce Perkins and John Walford at quarterback, and that's never what you want. If yeah. Stafford's healthy, he's going to keep your offense afloat. And, I mean, good Lord, he's making Puka Nakua the offensive rookie of the year right now. Uh, so I think they're frisky. And then another team, I know we've talked about Cowboys and Eagles being in the division together. The Washington Commanders have surprised don't me through it. two weeks. Don't I don't do I don't want to say they could win a wild card, but <laughs> they could they it. could sneak into the playoffs with how bad the Giants have looked. The NFC South is going to cannibalize one another at some point. The Commanders have won two close games. And yes, they're against two teams that are 0-2. There it is. But they've won two close games. You know, that's the type of grit that you need to have if you're trying to make the playoffs. And that defense is good enough to keep them in games. Chase Young finally healthy. Comes back, looked really, really good against the Broncos. And not only mentioned they won two close games, they came back against the Broncos from a big, big deficit and would have won that game pretty comfortably if not for a Hail Mary at yeah. the very end of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was so, they put up 35? Yeah, right? they put up 35. I don't and care I who you are. If you put up 35 in the NFL, you're doing something. And right. I believe they were down, I think, 24 to 3 at yeah, one it was point. Big. And they ripped off that comeback. Uh, they've got 
good players. Brian Robinson has been fantastic through two weeks. Uh, Jahan Dotson and Terry McLaurin on the outside. You've got the skill players there. So they got four games against Dallas and uh, Philadelphia. That'll be tough. But if they steal a couple, who you never knows? know. You turn. You leaned me over there a little bit. You made a good point. You made some good arguments. But I think it's just because I'm still a believer in a team like the Vikings. I don't think they're gonna, you know, shy away from anything. Um, a team out of the NFC South taking a spot. They're gonna get the yeah, four seed. Unfortunately, I mean, they got three teams right now that are sitting at two and zero. Oh, so who knows? And I'm starting to become a believer in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just because they lost Tom Brady. It doesn't mean Baker Mayfield can't get the job done. He has some crazy weapons on the outside, arguably a top five wide receiving duo in football still. A lot of people aren't believing in them as much because they're getting older. But we've seen what Mike Evans has been doing these last couple of weeks. He looks fantastic. He looked like he was 25 the other day. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention wide open all the time. Yeah. Like he's yeah. shaking people on these routes, and he's finding pockets of zone coverage. He is wide open. And then, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a person that's assuming the Niners are going to take their division. So then we got two teams in the Los Angeles Rams, and I'm still going to believe in the Seahawks too because I believe in their head coach, and I believe in Geno Smith. 110 year old Pete Carroll. Did you see him jumping up and down? I, like he I was saw that. 30 years old. But I was that, like, that's what you dude, want out of your head coach. Absolutely. No? I was just jealous watching it. I know, hell, I'm only 33 and I don't want to jump up and down. Like, I know Nick Saban's <laughs> the best coach of all time, but sometimes he needs to express himself a little bit. You know? He's, he's like, the, he's like the Bill thing. Belichick of college football. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no emotion. Did you guys see Bill Belichick throw his uh, challenge flag? He didn't even really throw it. He kind of just dropped it. <laughs> nah, he he picked like it he... out of the sock and was kind of just like, yep, I'm challenging that. And then he put it back in his sock. Yeah. That was the most impressive part is he, he tucked it right back in. Because it shouldn't have been challenged. That's why. No, it shouldn't have. But, <laughs> but getting back to the NFC side of it, there's a lot going on on that side. There is. And I I don't know. There's a lot to look out for. I guess that's where I should leave it at. There um, is. Can I ask you guys' opinion on something? Maybe this isn't something that has come up because it's the team that you wouldn't immediately think of, but I just want to point something out. In week one, the Eagles only beat the Patriots by five, and they're an unproven team at this point. Mac Jones has looked they're more starting than to prove serviceable. It to me. That's what I'm saying. He's looking more than serviceable, <laughs> but two games is two games. And then last week, the Vikings team that we were just kind of picking apart and dissecting on all their weaknesses, they only beat them by six. And that dominant defense last year that everyone talked about to go along with that insane offense, they gave up 28 points. Do we think that the Eagles are as good as they were last year? And do you think they can make it back to the chip? I definitely think they can. I mean, they're dealing with some injuries on the defensive side, which – when is a good team ever going to stop having that issue? Like I saw it with the Bills last year. I was big on the Bills last year. And now it's starting to happen early on with the Eagles. I agree that their offense has not been as dominant, obviously, as there were last year. But I think it was just, you know, all these teams just getting in the film room and studying this offense and learn, like trying to figure out ways to shut this offense down. And I don't think anyone can shut it down. You just can slow it down. And I, in the first half of the game last week with the Eagles, I was getting real skeptical with their offense, but then out comes the second half and Jalen hurts and he hushed me up and now I have no problems. And I think they're going to be okay moving forward. I honestly do. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I mean, 16, zero in the first quarter of that Pats game, forced turnovers, pick six, everything's looking good with the Eagles. And then the other three quarters of that game, it just looked gross. Yeah. And then first half, it looks gross again. Jalen Hurts turnover, 
they're not looking great. And then, like you said, they come out and they ball in that second half. I think the Eagles will be fine. Uh, they lost their offensive and defensive coordinators from last year. Yeah. So it's going to take them some time to settle in. Not that much has changed, most likely, uh, but still different leadership voices, different, different little scheme tweaks that could be in there in combination with the injuries. Uh, but the Eagles' offense concerns me a little more than the Eagles' defense because – they ha- outside of those big chunk plays, they have not looked good. I mean, they relied on like DeAndre Swift. Yeah, they they throw those five yard they throw those five yard stick routes, those in routes, those out routes, and then they hit that play action and they get that deep ball to Devontae. I don't Smith, disagree. They get that one on one connection. I with don't AJ disagree. Brown. I just felt last year like they just beat you down and drove it down the field time and time and time again. I feel like now they're settling for field goals. Like Jake Elliott may be the best fancy football kicker in the league right now because he's kicking 50 yards after 50 yards. Yeah. Uh, and like against the Vikings, absolutely. You can lean on the run game. Deandre Swift had almost 200 yards. He looked rushing. fantastic. Like you're going to lean on that for sure. Your line is really, really good. They have the unstoppable tush, push quarterback sneak touchdown play. Uh, <laughs> like they're going to be fine, but it's definitely raising some questions in comparison to last year, especially uh, because the 49ers look really good and the Cowboys have, exceeded my expectations through two weeks wow uh, so i'm not I didn't sure think that was possible i'm not sure <laughs> that i'm last year i would have said philly far and away the favorite yeah i'm not sure so sure i'd say that this year i think you make a great point with losing your offensive and defense coordinator but you know what that's what happens in today's football when you're a good football team you know you lose your you lose your guys as a, on a coaching staff and so yeah i i agree with you completely they're gonna have to adjust that and i think they will another big thing that sticks out to me though is that they're uh 18th in the league right now in third down efficiency. And I think if they fix that up a little bit, that's a big part of their game. Yeah. Like yeah. I think they'll be right back to that unstoppable force that we know the Eagles has since over the past 18 months, in my opinion. Just yeah. clean it up a little bit. Yeah. They'll be I mean good teams do. So yeah. Assuming that they're who we think they are, they yeah. will. I they'll mean, be fine. There's definitely more pros than cons, but it's just something tiny that, you know. I'm kind of worried about in the back of my mind because I would really love to see him get back. I was rooting for them wholeheartedly last year, and I think everyone can, you know, kind of got their heart broken. So I just hope they're able to get it together because if anyone's going to be in the Super Bowl and win it and it not be the Steelers, <laughs> I would want them to go back and achieve what they just got so shorted last year. I wish I didn't like the Eagles because I hate Philadelphia, but. They've came out of They're nowhere. They're a fun football team to watch. Yeah, they are. They are. I'm a big Jalen Hurts guy. Yeah, it sucks considering they're the Cowboys' main rival. But <laughs> there, there is players on that team I like. Like you can't yeah. not like Jason Kelsey. Yeah, you can't 100%. not like Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith. You AJ can't Brown. not like their entire defensive line. Like, yeah, that's are you? Are I don't you like AJ me? Brown. And then but. you add Jalen Carter to the mix. Like that boy is a freak. Mm-hmm. Can't believe he fell to nine. Can't believe it. The NFL does <laughs> but, that but, sometimes. But, <laughs> But let's get past that because, like I said, I want to get back to your 0-2 topic. There's a couple 0-2 teams right now in the mix, and I want to get your guys's, you know, top three who you think the best are out of all the 0-2 teams. And there's a few names, few teams that I think could lead to a good argument. And the top two, obviously, in my opinion, uh, Cincinnati Bengals and Los Angeles Chargers, both teams uh, 0-2, not what, the, not what people were expecting. Minnesota Vikings, we were talking about it. They were 0-2. Um, we were given a little bit of love for a second there to the Pats. They're still 0-2. team like the Broncos with Russell Wilson and new Sean Payton, they're 0-2. Um, and then to go along, you got teams like the Bears, the Texans, Panthers, Cardinals. Um, 
But we see who some of those teams who shouldn't be 0-2 where they're at. Where, where would we rank them right now? I know you got a one, Matt. But. Oh, yeah. Chargers all the way. I mean, obviously, I'd put Bengals at two. Obviously, Burrow's health is a little bit of a concern, especially with how tough that that division is slated to be this year, um, even with the Nick Chubb injury. That division's always played hard, rug-nosed division football. But I do think the Bengals will be just fine. They haven't lost a lot of pieces from last year. You know, they were cooking with grease last year. Um, I really, really want to say the Vikings. I want them to be the team, but I'm actually might going to shock you. I'm going to say the Broncos. Okay, yeah. I'm a believer in Sean Payton. Russ started to look a little bit like Seattle. Russ, um, defense definitely needed to pick it up a little bit. Um, But, you know, they're starting to make noise. They're starting to gain momentum. That was always their problem. They couldn't gain momentum on a drive to save their life. Um, And I feel like that's what was holding them down the most last year is just getting that pattern, getting that rhythm, getting that confidence. And they've looked a lot better than they have last year. And they're just happened to be 0-2 in my opinion. I don't agree with the Broncos take, and it's not because like I still like Russell Wilson. He is a veteran. He knows what he's doing. He's not going to be what he was last year. Sean Payton's huge for them on the off on the coaching side. I mean, night and day between uh, him and Nathaniel Hackett. Honestly, at the head coaching position, Hackett at the OC. That's a different. That's a different story. But I'm just not a fan of their weapons. I mean, over the course of two games, you only have one receiver that has over 100 yards, and his name's not Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy. Like well, I Jerry th- Judy missed week one, but that's true. I get what you're but, saying. But yeah, and then, but don't get me wrong. I like Marvin Mims early on. I mean, he looks good. He's, he's, deep he, threat. He, he burned deep him. threat night and day. But I, I don't know if I'd put a few teams over the. Over the Broncos, honestly, but I can respect what that. you think. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I'm at the point with the Broncos where I'm just like, when do we start questioning if there's something deeper in that organization? Because seriously, I mean, you could write all the jokes about Nathaniel Hackett that you want, not calling a timeout in the very first game when he should have against the Seahawks in prime time, uh, and then losing all those games. But you know, this this could go two ways for the Broncos. They've lost two games by three points. Yeah, so that could be a sign of okay, they're one step away jerry judy just came back this past week that's your wide receiver one that's your main weapon javante williams coming off torn ligaments looking better getting into it so the weapons are there or it could be they just can't get over the hump yeah and in a division where you're playing the chiefs and the chargers and they've already lost to the raiders uh it's going to be a struggle uh so for me i don't necessarily agree with what Matt said about the Broncos taking it, but I do agree with you, Lance. I just don't think that that's where they're going to get to. Uh, but I kind of feel the same way about the Chargers. If that, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of over the Chargers at this point. Uh, every year they're like, the Chargers, you know, they're a sneaky team. Justin Herbert's really good. Austin Eckler's really good. Keenan Allen, Cleo Mack, Derwin James. It's like, yes, they have all the pieces there. 
Brandon Saley, clearly not the guy. Get rid of him. You get rid of your OC last year. You bring in Kellen Moore. Why does your offense look the exact same? That's my question. There's something fundamental in some of these organizations that's not changing when they're making changes, and it's holding them back. And you can't do that when you're playing in a division with Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Is that where we need to start just questioning uh, Justin Herbert a little bit at this point too, or...? You have you to don't. question a little bit of his of his ability to show up when the game's on the line because uh, when he needs to go and put a game winning drive together, he doesn't always do it. But at the same time, like the play calling in overtime was disgusting. It was terrible. Uh, he was passive on his throws, but he had nowhere to go. Uh, the defense has all these big names. Like I said, it's got Cleo Mack. Uh, it's got Asante Samuel Jr., Derwin James, J.C. Jackson. They suck. They <laughs> suck. That's, it's harsh, but it's true. They are bad. The Dolphins tore them apart, and they let Ryan Tannehill look like it was 2020 again, and it's not. It's 2023. The Tennessee Titans should not be scoring 27 points on a team that should be you know, considered a dark horse contender. It just shouldn't happen, but it did, and now they're playing for their lives because them and the Vikings are both 0-2, and if you start 0-3, you're cooked like the Sunday chicken. That's just how it's going to be. Whoa. The Sunday chicken, ladies and gentlemen. I want to believe in the Chargers because I really do like all their skill position players. Like Mike Williams always believed in him. Quentin Johnson was my favorite wide receiver in the draft. Keenan Allen's who he is. Everyone loves Austin Eckler. He, no one dislikes Austin Eckler. And I like Justin Herbert to peddle the Herbert over to a narrative. I will always be on that <laughs> side of the fence. I'm with you on that. But I'd like to, I just got to see it. I just got to see it. And so, their schedule is difficult. That's what happens when you're playing in the AFC, honestly, yeah. especially in that division. So where, who are you ranking in these top three? Oh, I'm these still ranking. Teams? The Chargers are still the number two 0-2 okay. team to me. I Who's, just think it's going to be real tough for them to do anything of note. Uh, and then I'll put the Vikings at three. And then when okay. it comes to the Broncos – I would put the Patriots ahead of the Broncos. The Patriots are going to do nothing this year. They're not going to make any noise. They play in the AFC East, uh, which they're not getting out of. They're not going to make the wild card. They're not doing any of that. But if you said, I'm lining up the Patriots and I'm lining up the Broncos, who are you putting your money on? I'm putting my money on Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Defense has looked pretty good. Uh, the Eagles, they held them to a bad game offensively. Like The Eagles got a touchdown out of a pick six. Uh, they got a fumble that gave them a red zone uh, opportunity to score again. Other than that, the Patriots defense didn't like didn't really break against the Eagles. Did the same thing against the Dolphins team that destroyed the Chargers, and then they come on Sunday Night Football and they held them largely in check. Tyreek Hill didn't even hit fifty yards. Yeah, uh, Christian Gonzalez looked fantastic. He's looked like a steal of the draft so far. So for for you me, remember what round he went in? So he was in the mean, first round, uh, but he went a little later than I think. I, I think he might have been like the sixteenth pick. I can't okay. remember where the Patriots picked him, but it was mid first round. Uh, and they've just looked way better. Mac Jones looks fine. His weapons just are non-existent. Like you could put us three out there on <laughs> on the outside, and we might do what Devontae Parker and Kendrick Bourne could do. Uh, but yeah, I would I would just take them head to head. They're not going to do anything, but I'm more. I have more confidence in them than the Broncos. I am with you on the Patriots train. I didn't think yeah. I was ever going to say this <laughs> in my life, post-Tom Brady era, but Mac Jones looks good. He doesn't look bad. I can't like, believe that's it. The thing. He's sixth in the league in passing yards. Granted, we're only two weeks in. 
so I won't overhype too much. But he's throwing the football a lot better than I'm used to him seeing. And he's throwing down the field, too. And when we're talking about his non-existent weapons, he's throwing it to those guys. And I'll give credit where it's due. Ramondre Stevenson does a good job handling his load in that backfield. Absolutely, he does. (laughs) Um, And then, I mean, Hunter Henry at the tight end spot, too. It's a sleeper spot. he's looked really good. It's a sleeper spot. To go along with their defense, and maybe this is the year Bill Belichick starts rising his name up a little bit. He's been... I mean, it doesn't make any sense because we're talking about Bill Belichick when I say this, but like some people were saying, like, should he be on the hot seat? Like, is this guy, was this guy driven to six Super Bowls through Tom Brady? Yeah, he's been catching some Um, disrespect. He's been catching a lot of disrespect lately. And early on, it's weird because they're 0 2, but early on, they look like a good football team. Bill's single now, too. So he's got something to prove on and off the field. So he's coming different this year. I this is why I put it here because they're they are in the AFC. They got an incredibly d- difficult schedule. You said it yourself. They're not going to do anything, and I yeah. I do agree with that. But the Vikings, I just I I like them a lot, and I want them to be super successful. But the defense is a huge question mark, and I've always been the one to say defense wins championships. So hands down. So you you put it you hit it on the nail perfectly when you talked about it. Their defense isn't a question mark right now. They've and they've done it against good teams too in Philadelphia and Miami. Granted, they got the Jets coming up. They got the Dallas Cowboys, and then a couple weeks after that, you got the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins again. So it's not gonna get. It's gonna get yeah. easy for a couple weeks there, but they're gonna get tested night night again and again and again. They've been but doing if, some freaky but stuff. But if their offense can keep doing too. what they're doing and Mac Jones can keep slinging the football like he's doing, because when he's throwing like that, it makes Ramondre's job a whole lot easier. Take some guys out of the box and. I'd put them at three. That's all. You know that's what? where I'd leave it. I think you guys have uh, talked me talked me into it. I'm going to remove the Broncos at three, and I'm going to put the Pats. <laughs> there we go. I'm glad we're hopping Shout on the train. <laughs> it's the literal perfect time to do it because I am the last guy that will ever defend Zach Wilson. Yeah. And they got a pretty decent matchup against them this coming up week. Um, the Pats have beat him like 15 times in yeah, a row. Too. I'm, I'm expecting Brees Hall to get a much bigger workload as only getting four touches last yeah. week is disrespectful. It's insane. To say it's, the least. It's disrespectful, but at the same time, it's like... They were also playing from behind. Yeah, the time, they were playing so. from behind. But don't you just want to get your skill maker the football at that point? Like, get yeah, Garrett Wilson the ball, get What Brees was his receiving ball. stats? I, I know they're still limiting him. I don't think him. he even got a target. I know, really. they're, st- yeah. I know they're still limiting him. But that's the thing. At some point, you got to take, you know, the training wheels off with him and and just trust that he's back to who he is. Uh, he's looked so much better than Dalvin Cook. Yeah, <laughs> it's been two games. It's been such a small sample size. Dalvin Cook looks terrible. It's so weird. He looks yeah, so like, bad. What is going on with that? dude? I, have I don't no idea. know. But like, I mean, you question Brees Hall. I mean, four carries for I think it was like 11 yards against the Cowboys. Not great. But two of those, he was blown up the moment he touched the ball. So yeah. like, you can't really evaluate that. You got to throw that in the garbage. But the tape from the Bills game, he looked awesome. Like, he busts that big run. What Dalvin Cook do? Nine carries for, like, 33 <laughs> yards? Like, yeah. come on. Like, everyone was so worried that Dalvin Cook was going to come in, steal this backfield, add another playmaker for the Jets. The no. He's, he's done nothing. Yeah. It's been bad. It's the same thing with Zeke for the Patriots. It's almost advocated, like, these first two weeks, the biggest the biggest 0-2 team is the running backs, the group of running backs. Yeah. Running backs are getting hurt. <laughs> the running backs that are getting signed are sucking. So no wonder these teams don't want to pay these guys money. <laughs> yeah, I'll be the first to admit it. When I heard about the, the running back tandem that was going to be lined up in the Jets' backfield, 
I thought that it was possible that they would end up leading the league in rushing and overtaking not just a certain player, but the entire philosophy of the Atlanta Falcons and what they have done for the last 10 years. I I don't have the stats in front of me, but I guarantee you at least four, if not five of the last 10 years, they've led the league in rushing every one of those years. But you're right. Dalvin Cook looks like he done lost the recipe and he don't know how to cook no more. <laughs> he gave it to his brother. Yeah, I guess James. so. Maybe he passed James it on. James good. Because James looks five times better than he did last year. Looked awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. He just transferred all of his talent over to his brother for he a little did. while. And respect to him. It's not his time no <laughs> it's more. It's like that movie Thunderstruck. Yeah, seriously. They both touched the ball and James got <laughs> all the skill. Space Jam. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we'll leave, we'll leave that at that. There's a lot of... There's a lot of Big question mark still going into the season. A lot of football left. A lot of football left. 15 weeks, exactly. baby. Come Thank on. You. But is that's it, ne- Go it, ahead. Is it just me or does it feel like the NFL has already been like in play for a month or more? Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. Like, normally that's you're like, happens. damn, where did the season go? Like, God, it went so quickly. I think there's so many newsworthy things going on and so many shocking things that you're having to see and dissect and break down just as a, a, a fan, not even someone, you know, trying to, to put out content. It's it feels like it's been it feels like we're in like week six and the trade deadline's almost here. Yeah. It's insane. Chiefs Lions feels like it was two months ago. <laughs> it was yeah, it, it was less than two weeks ago. <laughs> well it's just it's crazy. It's so early, but it's crazy how much you can find out in just two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. It's 100%. bizarre. And that's why I want to get into my just cause I know we're only two weeks in, but it'll never stop me from doing a power rankings. I mean shit, we did it after week one. <laughs> so I get I gotta get into that and I gotta see what you guys think about that because granted, there's nothing more f- more fun to talk about than the top five teams in the NFL. Yep. <laughs> so I mean looking right at it, at five, I, I had I know I still had them in there, but I'm gonna go with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. And that's cause they got their two guys back, and they looked really good. Um, Travis Kelsey's good night too. and day fixes their entire offense. Uh, Chris Jones, night and day, fixes their offense just with that one little piece you slide in there at the defensive tackle spot. Yeah. And Patrick Mahomes, that's the only thing I need to say for them at five. I do have um, a little. They should be higher. I do have a couple questions about their offense, though. I mean, Eric Bannamy leaves. Suddenly, the commies are putting up 30-plus. <laughs> and the Chiefs, like, yes, granted, they played the Lions and the Jaguars, two frisky teams, two frisky defenses. But there's a couple questions there. It's Patrick Mahomes. It's Travis Kelsey. It's Andy Reid. They'll be fine. Yeah, they'll, they'll win the division. But I'm questioning the ceiling of this offense a little bit. I, and I hope they prove me wrong. And good Lord, do they have the opportunity to do so playing the Bears. You're jumping the gun a little <laughs> bit on my power rankings. But that, those, are, <laughs> those are great points. And I appreciate you mentioning that on this podcast. But number four, I'm going with the Miami Dolphins. And that's because I think once they get Jalen Ramsey back, once their defense gets tightened up a little bit, I think they have the most explosive offense in football right now with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. I'm hoping that Jalen Waddle is able to play this week. He's dealing with the or he's in concussion protocol right now. But just that Mike McDaniel offense, man. And then if Tua, if Tua can do his job, that's all I need from Tua. And stay healthy. And stay healthy, not get slammed on the ground head first. I'm a big believer in this Miami Dolphins team and who knows what they can do come playoff time, but that's nor here nor there. Long way to go. That's why Tua has been doing jujitsu, so he knows how to lay <laughs> his head. They said, so he knows how to fall now. Yeah. <laughs> he practiced falling on a mat, so he'll be okay. 
Number three, I'm going with the Philadelphia Eagles. And I know I had them up there in my last week's power rankings, but it's just because I need to see them make those adjustments. And I need to see their defense get tightened up. I think they have a top three defense in the NFL, honestly, when they're playing their best ball. But I'm putting them at three because there's two teams in the NFC that are just have been looking phenomenal these first two weeks. And you're going to love this. I'm putting the, I'm putting the 49ers at two for right now just yes. because they were in a tight game with the Los Angeles Rams last week. And, yes, we gave a lot of credit to the Rams, but maybe we need to, okay, you know, hesitate on the Niners a little bit, but what the hell, I'm putting them at number two. You know, how much are we, <laughs> how much are we hesitating on them? But at number one, I'm putting the Dallas Cowboys, yes. and that's because their defense is scary. Re- they score them two, they score them, let's just say, two touchdowns a game. I mean, maybe should not have had literally. another touchdown, Micah Scoop and score. <laughs> maybe yeah. not literally, but they set these, they set this offense up for success, man. It's almost like it's what the Eagles were doing. And granted, they're yes, their defense is dealing with some stuff, but they're still doing that. Um, let's not get it twisted. But they're just they're so locked in. They got all those new additions, and then you add you add Dak. I think he's going to have a comeback year from this year. He's not going to lead the league in interceptions this season. Um, he's and got then, zero. And then <laughs> through two weeks, he's got zero. <laughs> and then, I mean, he's got Tony Pollard and CeeDee Lamb as his uh, leading weapons on the offensive side. And I think that's all I need to say. CeeDee Lamb's only getting better and better. His eye test is just getting better and better for me, in my opinion. And then Tony Pollard is as elusive as it gets. Um, yes, I still think losing Zeke was a, was a loss for them because um, it lose, loses the dynamic side for your running offense. But with a defense like that, I mean, you don't even need it. Yeah, and their offensive line. The offensive line's got to stay healthy. That's the big thing. Uh, drafting Tyler Smith last year, he missed week one. He's back for week two. Uh, but yeah, him and Tyron Smith on that left side, their health is going to be really big for us. But when you have uh, first battle Hall of Famer and Zach Martin, yeah, just paid Terrence Steele a lot of money on that right side to anchor the right tackle spot. Tyler Biotish at center covered up a fumble this week. Athlete. Uh, so they're pretty good. Uh, I just I'm <laughs> I'm never confident in the Cowboys, and I'm so confident in our team this year, and it's so scary because I know that it's just we're gonna <laughs> lose gonna to like blow up. the Packers <laughs> somehow again. Aaron Rodgers is gonna come back to the NFC somehow and do a game winning drive and kill me again. But like they're just so you have, like on the defensive <laughs> side of the ball, Michael Parsons is one of two players on in the NFL who on the defense can single-handedly wreck a game. It's him and TJ Watt. Yep. They're on another echelon of players who could be considered the best player in the NFL. Yeah. Your secondary, you got Trey Diggs getting Stefan Gilmore for yeah. free basically <laughs> and then drafting Teron Bland who had five picks in his seven starts last year. I mean, it's just a scary team. I'm super excited about it, and I'm prepared to be let down, but that's football. I cannot believe you guys got Gilmore for a bag of chips and a popsicle. Oh, I couldn't believe it either. I I watch him play, and I can't believe we have him. I'm just like, yes. It's awesome. All right, so. Yeah, so so get into it because, you know, I I, I always try to make it fluid. You know, mock Stephen A. I think it's fluid, but I'm curious (laughs) what the big question marks are and who you'd possibly take. I know last week I disagreed with your number five spot, but this week I'm going to agree. Like you said, they bounced back, um, played a what I think is a good team in Jacksonville. Um, you know, obviously they showed some promise last year, and there's no reason to think that that promise won't continue. Um, so, you know, they got their two big pieces back on each side of the ball. Clearly made a big difference. Held the Jacksonville Jaguars to nine points. Their offense isn't, you know, anything to snot at. So, 
Um, I'll agree with that. At four, I do believe I'm actually going to put the Ravens in. Wow, okay. I know I mean, that's, that's a, as, as much as it pains me to say that as a Steelers fan, they've looked really, really well. And yeah, you know, you had the trouble with Burrow, um, but let's not take anything away. The team just looks like they're playing with a fluidity that they haven't had in a, quite a while. I think Lamar Jackson's finally happy now. He got his money. He got paid. He solidified. He knows where he's at. He knows where he stands. Um, and I think that's made a big difference. I think at number three, I'm going to put the Dolphins. Okay. Offense is out of this world insane. I mean, Tyreek Hill is got to be like a T-1000 Terminator from the future or something. <laughs> um, and then I am going to actually swap your one and two. I think I'm going to put the Niners at one only because I think both the Niners and Cowboys possibly have the best defenses in the league this year so far from what we've seen. Now, when you compare the two offenses, I do believe that the Niners have just a notch of elusiveness and creativity on their offense. And, I, and as we know, trick plays are, are, you know, can make a really big difference in these days in the NFL. Um, but I'm not taking anything away from the Cowboys. Dudes have been balling, even though I don't camp. I don't know if you listened last week. Um, I have a certain belief about Dak Prescott that he is um, possibly the most overrated quarterback ever to play the <laughs> game of football. But you know what? I'm rooting for him. He, you're right. He's got zero in two weeks. Everything's looked like it's coming to fruition for him. And, you know, Lance may be right. This might be finally his year for him to put it all together. So are you purposefully leaving off the Eagles, though? Yeah. I, just, very, I don't hate that. I don't hate that. I think mine probably would have echoed yours, one through five. Uh, but I can totally – if I'm subbing out one team, I'm subbing out the Eagles. And I know that sounds weird since you had them at three. Yeah, let's clarify. They were be at, They would be at six for me. So, but yeah, I, I think missed. the only team you could replace in your top five is the Ravens because the Ravens are 2 0. They've looked good. Uh, they are potentially running away with that division with where the Browns are at, where the Steelers are at, and with Joe Burrow's calf being a yeah. big question yeah. mark. So, yeah, I think those are top six teams. And then there's definitely a step down when you look at the next. I, I like that. But going to the Bengals, you just brought it up. How big is that? For the Bengals because massive. It's almost as if they should have just listened to Jamar Chase and just sat him out for the first few weeks. Man, <laughs> yeah, you know? really. I mean, like, there was no need. QB one, for... we don't need you till week five. We're o and now we're zero two anyways. Yeah. And it's like, where do you go from here? Schedule's not getting any easier. Yeah. Do you do you let them sit out a week or two, or a week or two, or I do would've. you just let them ride it out? I mean, obviously, it's going to be up to how bad that injury, that reaggravation, really is, but. Are the Bengals in trouble here? I, I truly believe they are because with as tight as this division looks like it has the possibility to be, every game counts that much more. I would not be surprised if the winner of this division went 9-8, and 10-7. and seven. I mean, it really, wow. really wouldn't I shock me. 100% agree. Especially wow. with the Steelers' defense. They're always going to play tough and gritty because clearly that's the only thing we can do correctly. Um, and then... The Browns, they, they have stints of where they're looking good, and then they have stints where they're not. And the Ravens, I mean, like I said, there are two opponents that they've beaten, one of them being the Bengals. There is a question mark on that because of the lack of preparation that Joe Burrow had. So mm. um, you, can, you can maybe factor that into it. And they 
pretty definitively beat the Texans week one. Not that that's, you know, a big team in the competition realm, but I think it's, I think it's very huge. I think these first four, five, six games are going to be crucial to more specifically them than any of the other teams in the division. Yeah, I mean, the Bengals started 0-2 last year, arguably for me, in a worse fashion, uh, turning the ball over as many times as they did to the Steelers, losing to Cooper Rush in Week 2 last year. So, you know, the Browns dominated them in Week 1, but it was a rainy game. There's not much you can do about that. And Joe Burrow hadn't took a a snap in any bit of of even a simulation of a meaningful game. Like, he was literally... Fresh off the couch. So how much water does that really hold? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not going to say it's a five-alarm fire for the Bengals, but the calf injury is definitely something that could really derail their season because they're going to need to start winning some games, and they're going to need to start winning some games fast. And like we said about the Rams throughout this whole episode, they might be a little frisky. Yeah. Uh, so Monday Night Football matchup with the Rams is uh, not your the get-right spot that you want and here's necessarily. The, here's the other thing. The Bengals turned it around, and we see that they got deep into the playoffs last year. Yeah, they started 0-2. Actually, fun fact, I think they've started 0-2 in four of the last five seasons, which is kind of crazy to think about. So this isn't something new for them. They obviously have the willpower and the know-how to come and pull themselves through this, but the big underlying factor here is last year, week three, when they started to slowly make that bounce back. Joe Burrow had all of his repetitions. He was back to normal, and he was fully healed. This time, it's not that case. So I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not confident that they can do it right now with that big of a question mark surrounding Joe Burrow. Yeah, Jake Browning is not going to win you football games. Absolutely Will Greer is not going to win you football games. So Joe Burrow's health is very important. If they're going to – this is the worst time for Joe Burrow to re-aggravate his, his calf because these next four weeks are the four weeks to do it. I know you said the Rams aren't the team to do it against. They look good right now, but you got the Rams on Monday night. And you're fa- then you're facing the Tennessee Titans on the road who, yes, they got a big win this past week, but I'm still not sold on them, and I don't think I ever will be with Tannehill at quarterback. <laughs> and, then you got, and then you got the Arizona Cardinals who are probably going to tank for the one pick. And then you got the Seattle Seahawks who are a – Let's face it, they're a mid-level team. You Leaky know, they're defense. a top 15 level team. Very. And you don't want to sit them out this week, but I think this is the time to do it. Because if you don't let him sit out and he just stays injured and eventually has to take some time off, maybe it's down the line, coming out of the bye week after week seven, you got the Niners on the road and then you got the Buffalo Bills. It's not what you want to see if you're a no, Bengals fan at not all. At all. 100%. And with Ben Gabriel not here, out sick, not able to defend himself, he's in shambles right now. He <laughs> that's, honestly that, is. That's probably what made him under the weather. If, if <laughs> yeah. we're being he's just so sick of the Bengals. He's so <laughs> sick of the Bengals. His stomach can't like, handle I got, it. I got the o, <laughs> I get the O and two flow every time his, around this his year. His body yeah. revolted <laughs> against them. <laughs> Uh, really quick, just a little sidebar. I wanted to point this out. Bears defensive coordinator resigns to, quote unquote, focus on his health. You had to bring that up. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what health that is. But, uh, I mean. Clearly mental at this point. Yeah, if your house is getting raided by the FBI, <laughs> yeah. you, got, you got some problems. Uh, and if if only we knew what it was, what it was I know. for. I'm sure we will start to learn. Which let's all agree if. The rating thing is legit as we think it is. He was forced to resign. So. Some very serious, some very serious allegations. Also, the way in. the Bears' defense has looked through two weeks may not be the worst thing in the world <laughs> that he had to yeah, resign. Absolutely. 
gosh. There's so many other places we'd go with the NFL because I could talk about the NFL for yeah. a while. But that's why we got 50 more weeks. Exactly. <laughs> and there's just so and much then you the in playoffs college football too. we got to talk about, too. Absolutely. With the slate we got in college football. I was about to football. say, how about the slate and we got coming up? Especially after last week. Slate, and then, come on. It's the one-year anniversary. We got to have uh, something a little spicy to go to end the show. And we got to talk about all these quarterbacks that can possibly change some of these teams' franchises around with their skill. And that's something we're going to get into 